everybody. Welcome. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Andrew. Today, we're going to be talking about toys starring Robin Williams, who this movie was made for, and what exactly was the point of Robin Wright's character. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces, and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. seen that movie. No, I, well, I've I seen it when I was younger. Too. I think I've seen parts of it here and there. I watched it with Dad. I think I want to say because he, he he's the one that showed me that movie. And then uh, I mean, it's not really a child friendly movie. I know Michael se. Michael Scott likes it a lot. Yeah, because he's always trying to imitate Robin Williams in in, <laughs> in Good Morning Vietnam. Have you seen Man of the Year? It came out in like 2006 or something. Basically, for president, um, yeah, but on, on a whim, right? He well, he starts out as a uh, talk, talk show. show host, but like in like a John Stewart type of talk show mm-hmm. host, and he just like makes it like an out of an off collar comment, but then he gets like eight million, you know, messages or something like that, uh, in, in vote of support that they would vote for him if he ran for president. So, but anyways, uh, Barry Levinson directed, yeah, uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Um, this movie and Man of the Year. So yeah. they've actually worked together. Robin Williams and Barry Levinson, they've worked together three times. Mm. And Toys is the second one. Um, when's the last time you saw this before we did it for the show? I saw bits and pieces of it like on TV one time, I think. You know, a really? Times I don't think I've ever seen this on TV. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. But, I mean, to actually watch the movie full on... Um, it's been a while, and and the one scene, there's one scene in the whole entire movie that I always remember, you know, to a point, and uh, it's when uh, the sister gets her head cut off. You know what I mean? <laughs> when she gets it. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I mean that scene. I always remember Joan Cusack saying that over and over and over again because it was like a glitch, but it was almost like it was more. I don't even know it, if it was, it was a more glitch. human. It was more oh, human than yeah. than like robot. Like even though it was like repetitive like that, and it was trying to make it sound like a a robot in a sense. I mean, it's very humanistic the way she said it. I th- I felt like I'm fine. I'm fine. Who do you think's a better actor, John Cusack or John Cusack? John Cusack's my favorite. Well, I know he's your so. favorite, and you, you like him as an actor, not as uh, a I person. Think, I, I think they're this. I, I think actually, in all reality, they're the same person. I, Who do you think is like quirkier? Oh, Joan. I think obviously. Joan is a little quirkier. But they're literally the same. The same actor. The, the, I, in my opinion, I mean, they're almost the same exact actor. It's just Joan Cusack had been doing it a little bit longer than John, and and it, I think. I'm pretty sure of it. I'm pretty sure she'd been acting a little bit longer. John, I think she's, she's older. She's the older sister, yeah. you know. But because, like in uh, "Say Anything," my like my favorite film, right? Uh, she's play. She plays in that film as his yeah. older sister. Yeah. So, do you remember another movie they did? The more high profile movie they did together. I think they've done a few. Yeah. But do you remember the, what the more high profile one was? It's one of those songs for the movie. Yeah, Gross Point Blank. Yes. Yeah, yes. he was a hitman. Yeah, and she was a little secretary person that would mini driver. Book, book right? his, yeah, but but his sister Joan, she she played the one that was in his office, you know, booking his jobs right. for him and stuff. And she kept recommending that he find somebody, go retire, and uh, and uh, stop being a hitman and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, those were good together. They're both very quirky and, and weird, and I think she was probably a perfect fit for this role because she's yeah, so quirky and at, weird. at that time period. Because, I mean, like, she's always like that, but then she does play um, some serious roles, too. But, you know, she she was classic. I mean, this is a long time ago. This is 92, you know? I mean, yeah. this, ain't, this ain't... This is a, 
you know, easily almost a 30 year old picture, you know, and, that, and, and it, it, this picture, I would love to see the budget. Do you have the budget on this picture? I think so. Um, it, it's, it might have to be something that I look up. It's but. probably pretty horrible because if you watch the very beginning where his... No, dad, I think it was a lot, but I don't think it made a lot off of it, but I think it still made like 18 or something like that. Yeah, um, but if you watch the beginning where the his dad gets taken out with the hot, with the ambulance, uh-huh. ambulance is, writ, is backwards. Well, that's how they're supposed to be, though. I know, on camera, on camera, but this is supposed to be a movie, you know, where you, you kind of... You know, don't know. You know, it's the right way. You know what I mean? It's flipped. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when you when you're watching a movie, it's supposed to be kind of like a, a first person viewing of it. You know what I mean? Like you're actually in the movie. Well, you know the point the, the point of it being backwards is so when you're driving, you can see it in your rearview mirror. It's spelled right, the right, right. right. That's oh, is why that they, what it was for? That, um, all ambulances have it. I like see. That. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. And just because I worked in the medical field, that's that's how I found out. But yeah, mo- uh, I, I say all, but quite a few of them do on the the front part where it says ambulance it's spelled backwards so that the people driving in front I mean, that makes sense now when you I mean, see it, seem like you can't say well i didn't know what it was because yeah. it's spelled backwards i, so I kind of feel like an idiot now because i, saw, <laughs> I said that but we can cut thing, this out the, yeah but the funny thing is is my wife is the one that actually brought it up she's like wow that's bad i mean it's backwards i'm like oh yeah and i blame and it I on your wife it. man I know. i'll cut it up so we can just blame it on <laughs> yeah, her go for it but uh no it's just weird because like I did not know that, but that makes total sense now, you know, now that I think about it. But, you know, I, I just saw it at the beginning, and who who played his father? By the way, it's $23 million was the box office, but it was a $50 million budget. So it made, like, less than half of its budget. And that the – yeah, because some of that CG work was pretty – some of it was pretty good. The practical. I don't, even, practical, I don't even know yeah. if they had CG work right well, now. Well, no, no. If you saw, like, the house, like, where the house unfolded. Yeah, a little pop-up house, a little yeah. storybook. But, I mean, that's, that's CG, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not. Well, I mean, they could have done practical, though. Yeah, they, they, because they could have that been that a room sound moving stage. In, that was thing. probably yeah. practical, you know. You know, it's 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 – I don't know. It's this thing, you know, obviously this movie has gotten a lot of flack over the years. You know, a lot of people call it Robin Williams' worst movie. Um, uh, and, and same thing with Barry Levinson because, you know, he was a very prolific actor you know, or director. You know, he did uh, Good Morning Vietnam. He did Rain Man. I think, I think they I might think have Rob Williams' the, worst movie has got to be that one hour photo. One hour photo. Yeah, yeah, like one hour photo. That was just weird. Yeah, he plays a a good creepy person. Yeah, though, and I that mean, he does, and, and insomnia. You just can't see it. I mean, like like it, I have a hard time seeing Robin Williams in a role like that. You know. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about toys. Uh, this is a film um, directed by Barry Levinson and starring Robin Williams. Obviously, it came out in 1992. Um, it's also starring um, a, a few people that uh, that gained more success. I think after this movie than before <laughs> I would say so um, you know Michael Gambon he was pretty a uh, pretty steady actor and everything but I think now he'll forever be known as Dumbledore. you know Dumbledore 2.0 you know obviously Richard Harris played the first Dumbledore which I think is more book accurate R.I.P. Yeah, I, th- I think Richard Harris was much more book accurate than Michael Gambon because uh, Dumbledore was always a very soft-spoken type of person, whereas <clears throat> Michael Gambon's Dumbledore would be like, oh, that's maddening, you know, when he was thinking about stuff. And I'm like, that's never how Dumbledore acted. But anyways, he'll probably he go lot, down. He was a lot um, older. Like, he, he was... I don't know. He They made him look a lot older than he was acting, I guess you could say. Or like... How he how he really yeah himself, this you know? the, that he played more the war the 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 yeah. the, the fighting Dumbledore yeah. whereas you know Richard Harris the one that could go out probably run about three miles one, a day yeah. and still get away with it you know um, and also like we said uh, uh, stars Joan Cusack uh, Robin Wright later known as Robin Wright Jenny. Penn and then I think again known as Robin Wright after she divorced from Sean Penn Jenny um, LL Cool J um, obviously Donald O'Connor played Kenneth Sevo. he played the dad you were asking about that earlier he was also uh, he was in Singing in the Rain um, that I knew he was from like an old old yeah, yeah. he had a, he had his own little song and that and everything like that um and uh, there's there's a bunch of other ones in here that you might notice Debbie Mazar is in it we've yeah. talked about her recently what movie was she in that we just did we just watched it. 
Debbie Mazar. Oh, so I married an axe murderer. Yeah. That's right. She was in that one that we talked about. That's right. Um, also, Jamie Foxx in his first. feature film debut. Uh, he'd go on to later play um, uh, Electro. I mean, Ray. You know, <laughs> I don't know which yeah. which one he would want on his resume, but probably, probably Ray. Ray. I'm going to have to say. Um, or so, maybe Miami Vice. <laughs> with Miami Vice? Yeah, remember where he was with... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell, that's right. They played... Uh, uh, what were their names on Miami Vice? Stubbs and... Mm. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember. The only reason I know names or half know names is because of Psych. I know. Whenever they that. got their lockers and, <laughs> and Sean made Gus be the black dude, he's like, Stuff. why I got to be that one? <laughs> but anyways, this Don movie, Johnson, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good old Don Johnson. Well, this movie came out in 1992 and it came out in between uh, uh, Hook, which was came out in 1991, and Mrs. Doubtfire which was, I believe, either 93 or 94. Um, but, you know, so, you know, this was in the middle of Robin Williams, you know, huge stardom in the 90s. Um, well, and it's funny you say that because the dude was, I, I felt like he was more popular in the 80s, you know, than than, than the 90s. Well, know? I mean, he had, like, a lot more of his, um, he had, he was a comedian back there, did, you know, his stand-ups and stuff. He was doing Mork and Mindy back then, mm -hmm. uh, television stuff. And then, of course, he had the Dead Poets Society yeah. and Good Morning Vietnam and stuff. But I think he really hit his stride in the 90s because you had movies like Hook, Toys, um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, what are some What are some of the other ones? Well, he, they, if you notice, he went from the progression I think of... Flubber was with late 90s yeah, well, or something like that. that that's kind of the... the I got nothing sheet. against Flubber. Yeah, but it, I mean, Goodwill Hunting that was yeah. in the '90s as well. I mean, as soon as he hit the '90s, it was like, you know, he did the he did Aladdin in the '90s. You know, he did Hook, he did Toys, he did Mrs. Doubtfire, um, he did uh, Jumanji, he did The Birdcage, Jack. Uh, you know, all well, these felt like he, Flubber, like I said, all these different Patch Adams, all these different things that came in the '90s. It all really started with Hook being like the, the more popular one and then kind of you know pressed on from there yeah and i think maybe maybe what i meant was like really is just kind of like more of a he was a lot more into the the comedy side of it you know in the 80s and then in the 90s he kind of went more you know like somewhat drama comedy you know comedic drama type films and then you know in the 2000s or whatever in the late 90s it was all about like a lot more serious roles like it, isn't that weird if you think about it, it was like, kind of like a progression of his uh his mental status in a way you know what maybe I mean? like, yeah like his, his i think every movies. once in a while he would dip into the serious roles yeah. where he'd have to really reach and probably pull out some of his demons because obviously this guy dealt with demons his whole life mm -hmm. but he had to really pull some of those out for his dramatic roles to because he was so convincing in them yeah and like you said you know it's like that it's like his personality you know every once in a while he'd have to dive into that dark place and and maybe it was a way that because you know you're like this guy is comedy gold why did you know he doesn't need to do serious things but one he might have you know just enjoyed doing serious films and two it might have helped him work out work out some of his demons you know yeah but I mean if if you do notice kind of it, it just seems like the progression of his mental status was you know back in the seventies it was just all laughs and funny you know well and, and the, all laughs and funny and cocaine you, well yeah yeah but that, that's what I'm saying it's just you know you get through the eighties like that and then you hit the you know the nineties and he's got a little bit more drama comedy type stuff and more some more cocaine yeah and then and then you get to the two thousands and it's you know, a little healthier yeah yeah later on in life you know just kind of seems like he's not doing him. a lot more I mean he did that comedy role with uh, Christian Bell that TV show um Kristen Christian Bale or no, Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell. Oh, the uh, one with John Krasinski and the where he had to he had to sign off on their marriage or something like well, that. Well, oh, wait, no, no this that, is was, a TV that was show. a different one. Yeah, or no, no, it was Buffy. It was Buffy. I, was, I don't know why I was Buffy. saying Kristen Bell. You yeah, mean Sarah, uh, Sarah, Sarah Michelle, Michelle Geller. It was him. They were on the show, and he apparently. Like he went on the show and like it was, it started really doing good. Like they only did a one. Oh yeah! And then all of a sudden he just drops out. What like, was that? Oh, I don't know. Like it was getting like real high praise with him in it and everything else like that. Like people were like glad to see him back on TV. And then all of a sudden I think he just dropped out of the show. 
or something. And then the show pretty much got canceled at that point. I'm trying to remember what that sh- that, that I'm trying to remember what that show was. Um, what was it? That wasn't Louis. Oh, the crazy ones. I think is that what it was? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think it's the craziest uh, or, or, or the crazy ones. Is it 2013 to 2014? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it had Sarah Michelle, and wasn't he? He wasn't he or her dad or something? Uh, he, and he ran an uh, yeah he ran an ad agency yeah. and uh, she was his daughter and she was like a real type A personality type of person right 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 yeah but something happened with it like like I think he pulled out of it and just didn't want to do it anymore or something and then I don't know it was but the show was really good because I watched uh, the like the first episode or something like that uh, it's uh, apparently he passed away a few months after the show was canceled. Uh, but some for some reason I think he pulled out of that show for some reason I don't uh-huh. know I can't remember but um, yeah so it, I just see with his mental status you know I mean he he was one of the greats I mean he, he obviously is one of the greats, he is know? one of the greats and here we are talking about one of his least liked and least uh, uh, celebrated movies toys but I think it just hit hard with us yeah because I mean we watched this you know when we were younger and stuff but. You know, I, I didn't realize it until watching it again recently that it's very dark, very dark, and there's a lot more uh, there's a lot more to the whole war theme than I remembered yeah. there being as a kid. You know, as a kid, it was just like, oh well, this guy wants to come in and make you know war toys or whatever, um, and then he gets a little crazy about it. But I mean, it's like this whole plan to turn kids into the soldiers, into the pilots that are actually going to be doing these missions. So it, that that I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, this movie it came out December sometime in December in nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Was it ninety one or ninety three? It came or out no, in ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah, I don't know why I said ninety three. Um, but yeah, so it, it came out in December of nineteen ninety two. So it was coming out of Christmas. It was a movie called Toys, and it was in between Hook or just after he had done Hook and you know all that kind of stuff. So. You know, these people, uh, I think audiences had a different idea of what it was going to be. Yeah. You know, it was this movie and it wasn't uh, when it, I think in the marketing of the trailers and stuff, n- there was none of the war stuff in there. Yeah. It was all about like, you know, the crazy antics and the factory and all the, the fun toys and the the production, the, the production yeah. design of this is just it's, out of this world. And, and, and I'm not saying, yeah, it's out of this world, but. It's not so much. I, I feel like it's not so much good out of this world. Like it's some of it's bad. Like I think you know. I mean, yeah, they throw in a lot of colors and latex and stuff, but it's still kind of weird. On on I don't know. It just it just gave me a creepy feel about it. Yeah, the way I feel about this movie is is you know there you have to suspend disbelief anytime you ever watch a movie, right? Yeah. You're always knowing you're always watching actors, and even if it's a very realistic performances, you still know that. You know, these big realistic performances or monologues or whatever, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in real life. We fumble with our words. We, you know, all that kind of, you know, it's it's just, you have to suspend your disbelief, uh, you know, to a point. But now you have the movies where you only have to suspend it for, a, you know, just a little bit because it's not too outlandish. It's more real worldy type thing. This is on the other side of the spectrum. It's like, you know, you have this is like another world. This almost takes place in a different world, right? Where you have uh, houses that open up like pop-up books and stuff like that. It's almost like this is a storybook come to life. It's very fantastical and whimsical. And it would be like if you jumped into a storybook about this. Because, uh, I mean, where does this even take place, you know? Is this in, like, Nebraska yeah, or no. Kansas yeah. or something? I mean, it looks like Nebraska huge with all fields, the fields and yeah. all that. But, I mean, you know, it's 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 one of these things where you, uh, you know, it's 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 not set in our world. No, it's, it's really not. It's set in a very exaggerated version of our world. Well, the only out, outer aspect that you get is, you know, his military service and you know the, the his military uniform or whatnot you know and then where where also you know you, you get to go out and see the what is it the the arcade in town apparently you know yeah I mean? and i was like suddenly this town come out of nowhere that yeah. kind of took me out of it because i don't remember them going to the arcade 
I mean, I kind of did as soon as I saw it, but I was like, oh yeah, I guess they go to, but I was like, it kind of takes you out of it because you feel like you want to stay in those fields because it's like that, like I said, that fantastical world or whatever. But then it's kind of like you get a, it cuts and it's real jarring because you're like back in the real world watching these, they're, they're, they're trying to go incognito and they're dressed in like fishermen's get up and everything. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know. It's just all. It's 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 a very strange movie. It is. And it is, I, apparently it was like a passion project of Barry Levinson's Which for took like him ten years. Yeah, it was like eight develop. or twelve or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, ten months to film. So yeah. yeah. So he had this idea, you know. And I mean, the themes are obvious in it. It's you know yeah. very anti-war and everything. But and a lot of things. But it's very familiar too. Um, you know, it's it's. You know, it's a, basically this is the precursor to drone warfare. Oh, I know. I I, I brought that up, and um, you know, me and my wife were watching this, and and I look at her and I said, you know, when he starts talking about, you know, when Gan- uh, I almost said Gandalf, Gandalf, uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore get it right. Dumbledore starts talking about it. Um, how you know they're, they're going to get planes that you know basically work by remote control. This has already been, you know, before this movie had aired. They've already had been doing this for what ten years or something. Well, I don't know. If already, they were. There were already had planes and and you know uh, tanks and stuff that were run, run basically by remote control. And then when when they were saying it, I was like, they already have drones, right? But exactly I mean, I think this was precursor. I think this is supposed to be more like, okay, so the drones are controlled in a video game style format, yeah. right? So like that kids can control and it. people don't and these kids don't know that they're actually yeah. killing people. So that was the not. that was the issue I think is that you know yeah we've had remote controlled uh, things for a while but this is like you know more you know yeah you got computer controls now and and you you know you got kids that can be back here in the safety of their home and they're wiping people out overseas and everything. Um, before we get too ahead of ourselves, the plot basically is um, the uh, Zevo, uh, you know, the, the the father of Robin Williams' character Leslie and Joan Cusack's character uh, Alastasia or Astasia. I forgot how to say her name. How do you say her name? Astasia. No, Alsatia. 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 Alsatia is how you say it. But anyways, their dad, uh, uh, the uh, the. Um, uh, founder of Zevo Toys, Kenneth Zevo, uh, he dies, and uh, instead of putting his son Leslie, played by Robin Williams, in charge because you know he's he loves flaky. this job and everything, he's very flaky and immature, and all that. So he decides to put uh, the Kenneth guy. He decides to put his brother Leland in charge. Now his brother followed in their father's footsteps and became you know a military guy. He was a three-star general, um, all that kind of stuff. And uh, but he didn't do very well in the military. Um, he was never taken seriously because he grew his up. With, he grew up with a British accent because his dad was stationed in England for a while, and they made a very uh, uh, obvious point to point that out. You know, because we really needed to know why. Like I wasn't even wondering why does this guy have a British accent. Now on this show, I would have. I would have mm-hmm. said, why does he have a British accent? But man, they sure did make sure they explained that. You yeah. know, it was just like the the dialogue for that was so weird. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, we got to. We got to explain this. So, you know, they typed it in real quick or whatever. But um, so anyways, uh, he doesn't really want to take it over because, you know, it's not as serious as him and his dad. You know, the the, the Kenneth Zevo, he's not as serious as Leland or his dad. But he decides to take it over because he's not going anywhere in the military. Um, he gets there and he starts uh, looking at everything that they're doing, seeing it all as pointless, childlike um, nonsense. And uh, then starts to, you know, see these kids playing video games at the arcade and decides, you know, maybe we can make toys like this, you know, and and, and you could tell he like really misses being back in the crap, you know, being Mm -hmm. back in Vietnam or Korea or whatever. This is a man that's defined by his 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 wars. And uh, when he starts playing that video game, starts shooting people and shooting EN, uh, you know, UN trucks and all this kind of stuff. And only shooting UN trucks. Exactly. And he goes to that. And, it, you know, you could tell he's like having a flashback to where like, oh, you know, it's bringing him back to, to his old days. But then he starts to realize that we can make these uh, actual, you know, control platforms, these video games to control the, the drones. Um, and then they make they so they make that and they make uh, drones out of toys and then they also have some kind of a weird sea creature. So basically, the yeah. movie is about Leslie, played by Robin Williams, his sister, and a couple others um, trying to fight against that turn and Leslie growing up a little bit so he can take control of the company. 
um, back um, so that they don't produce war toys yeah. anymore. That's that's kind of the basic premise of it. <clears throat> I like this movie because, and I think I've mentioned this on a couple past episodes, how <clears throat> you have certain movies that are like a collection of scenes, but it's not like one thought-out, put-together movie. You know, you have a lot of standout scenes in this movie, you know, when he's walking around with the smoking jacket. Yeah. The vomit scene where they're looking at the, the vomit and the, the unique words and the, mm-hmm. the walls are closing in as they're talking about that. Um, you know, the 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 scene between all the, the good robot or the good toys and the bad toys battling yeah. it out and all that kind of stuff. The What do they call it? The swine monster or the... But a sea swine or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, they have a bunch of cool, but I mean, it's not a very good tied together story. No. You know what I mean? And I think it's a, you know, that's why you know so many kids like the movie is because you know that's what kids are all about. They're not really interested in watching a, a well plotted written narrative. They're worried. They they want to see cool scenes. You know, yeah. like I, you know, what do you hear kids say all the time? I love this part. I love this scene. I love this. So they want to see those. So that's probably why we liked it more when we were younger. I still like this movie yeah but obviously not as much because you know you're running into all the weirdness of it yeah and it's 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 a lot darker like i said at the beginning it's it's like a lot darker than you expect for a movie for a movie like this and a movie with rob williams in it you know i mean it's it's just there's a lot of uh, you know foreshadowing you know and 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 you know him saying i need more room i need more room and then you know you get you get L. Cool J coming in as being his son, and he's basically all about military service. But it seems like he's all about it because he's just trying to impress his father. Yeah, you know, and that's what that kind of seemed like to me. That's what I got from it. That you know, he was. It, it wasn't the only reason he was in the military is because it's all he's ever known, and it's to impress his father. Well, know? and I like the the thing that Alsatia pointed out to him was that you know you and and uh, my brother. Uh, are a lot alike, and um, he's goofy on the outside and soft. Well, well, first he said he goes, well, we're exact opposites, and she goes, well, that's what I mean. So the talking about you're a lot like and how you're different, you know, you're exact yeah. opposites. Yeah. Where Rob Williams is goofy and soft on the outside, but he's very strong on the inside. Yeah, and so when the the crap goes down and stuff needs to happen, he's good and taking charge and taking back what they need to yeah. take charge. Whereas the Patrick guy, played by Ella Cool J, he was uh, hard exterior but real soft on the inside because as soon as he finds out something bad about his mother or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's going to switch sides and everything. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, like the dichotomy between Robin Williams and, and Patrick. So, you know, there are standout moments like yeah. that where you're just like, you know, that's really smart. That's really... But I mean, I think that's because, you know, you got Barry Levinson who's directed amazing Academy Award and nominated films. Yeah. Um, but it's something where it was a passion project that maybe he should have just let go yeah. if it took him 10, 12 years that he was thinking about it. Over that amount of time, you know, a movie like this, you know, you would think, oh, it would just get better after that. But sometimes, you know, if you're working so hard on a project to get one done and the studios want to do it, don't want to do it um, until you've proven yourself, then, yeah. you know, maybe you should just let it go. Well, um, they, you know, the thing is, is you got that director and then you had, you know, Rob Williams. Right there, you know, and so that's probably what he was banking on this film to make any kind of money back. You know, I mean, he wanted to do the project, but again, you know, all he had to do was take him as a director and Rob Williams as an actor. And, and, you know, if you notice, they did a lot of those type of films. I'm not saying just Rob Williams, but back in the, you know, early 90s and stuff, you know, a lot of it was just like, let's just get a big name actor and a big name director and just throw. I mean, look at look at Wild Wild West. Okay. Wicked Wild, Wicked Wicked Wild Wild, Wicked Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado. Sorry. Yeah, but anyways, so I mean, you get the director, and then you get you get some like really big name actors. I mean, and who directed Wild Wild West? um, Is it Barry? Is the guy that did uh, uh, Men in Black, Barry Sonnenfeld, or uh, whatever his name was? I'm gonna look it up right now. You gonna look it up? Yeah. It was, let's see, Barry Sonnenfeld. That's right. So same guy did Black, Men in Black. Right. You know. Okay. But but that's what I'm saying. You get you get like you know, one of these these type of pictures that would be better off in like like a short story or some kind of you know graphic novel or something like that. 
you know, it probably shouldn't have been made, but you know what they did is they said, hey, let's just get these big name actors, big name director, and then push this garbage out. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And that's kind of what they did with toys. I, I felt like that, you know, the story was just all over the place. I mean, it was it's kind of been done before, you know, even Patrick's character where it's like, you know, he admires his dad until he finds out his dad's a horrible person. Until and, he finds out he's a jack face. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, all of this has been done before. But in this way, not so much. I mean, just because you had just these colors all over the picture. I mean, it was just, you know, so many bright, bright colors. That's what I'm saying. I think the, as a production designer, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember. I, I know it's, uh, it's a very complicated for me, <laughs> the name, how to pronounce it. He's uh, a foreign to American films. I can't remember what his name is. Um, but he did some. He called Van Dam. No, no, okay. definitely not that. But you know, it's uh, the the production design was amazing, and it's almost like the visuals and production design didn't uh, deserve, or, or I should say, the story that was written didn't deserve yeah. the visuals that that it got. It was almost like this huge beautiful uh the color palettes and stuff like that you know the dining room is all red you know you had certain rooms that are all yellow and then you know the crossword puzzle room where they're doing the vomit and stuff it's all black and white you know or or white checkered the camouflage uh you know to the wallpaper yeah yeah but i mean you know just those bright vibrant colors where we say you gotta whenever they go to pick uh the 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 characters up for the funeral or whatever you know that this is like this box that opens up and it's like a it's like a pop-up book and you know that and then the you know the front of the house pops out and everything so i mean like i said it's very fantastic it's got this element to it where if it had a much better story yeah. it would just be an absolutely amazing yeah. and beautiful movie but it's just got a story that's just not really doing much well and plus you know if you look at the villain right which is the uncle He's already only time like, you see Dumbledore as a although Michael Gambit's played a lot of yeah. crappy people, right? And but you know you see you see him, and at the beginning of the film, you know he's broken already. You know what I mean? And like I think what makes a good villain is the, the one that just slowly goes from you know being total control of of his art and his villain villainous art, you know, or you know he's just very in control of what he wants to do, and then he's all all straight in his head, you know, he's not crazy at all, and then slowly start to break, you know, through a movie where yeah. they basically at the end of it, you've just got the psychopathic villain, you know, where this one, you, you know, at the beginning of the film, you already saw the cracks, you know, you already saw that he was already a broken person, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he makes a really good. Uh, he makes a really good. Um, it does a really good job of showing. You know, he's walking around with that confidence and strength of the military, but you see the cracks every once in a while, especially when yeah. he goes and talks to his dad, Daddy. Yeah, Daddy. Yeah. He still talks to him Don't like that. Me. Right. So I mean, like obviously. <clears throat> Kenneth, his brother who had died, who was the more playful one, he probably wouldn't have been so daddy, daddy. Yeah. He had gotten out well, on his own. His dad really got taken care of by the goofy son, you know, and he's the most successful one in the whole family, you know? Yeah, because I mean, like, he, you know, uh, was that where their tent was? Was yeah, in the house, in that house. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I knew that the one guy, I don't know where the town was, but I just think that, you know, it was interesting because the, the uh, Kenneth who had started Zevo Toys, you know, he was more goofy, but he's the one that did everything by himself, started from, started from scratch, built up this toy company, uh, did a great job, and now has this lucrative thing to then pass on to his brother who's followed in his dad's footsteps and has known nothing but not failure, but I mean, just blocks in the road. Every time, you know, he tries to get promotions or whatever, you know, nobody's taking him seriously. He's gotten up to three star. There's no way he's going to get higher than that. Um, so, and his dad is, uh, their dad is, you know, laid up and, and just like, you know, in his old military ways and days and everything. Literally um, his his uniform. Yeah, just in his <laughs> uniform. Played by the, uh, uh, who's the actor? It's, it's the guy that was the grandpa on uh, Problem Child. Oh yeah, he was on. Yeah, well, isn't it one of the Rolling Stones members? The Rolling Stones members. Yeah, well, like six years ago, because those these guys are what people in Rolling Stones are like. What 150 still 106 years old? 
I think so. Jack Warden is the guy that is it. <laughs> well, Jack Warden is the guy that uh, he was in the you know Twelve Angry Men, yeah. uh, Bullets Over Broadway, yeah. he, and the you know more recently or whatever while you were sleeping and Problem Child and this movie and everything. But uh, you know he he always played the like remember the, him in Problem Child. Yeah, I do. He was like more of the curmudgeonly guy, but he eventually will come around type of person yeah. or whatever. But. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it was interesting that, you know, he's all walking around like military and looks down on the other kid. But he goes into the tent and, Daddy, Daddy, you know, yeah. that's how he talks to him and everything. And um, it, it was just interesting to me um, and, and to see that Patrick was lost, too, when, when he found out that, you know, his dad had lied to him about his mom and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, Leslie and Alsatia, you know, just carry on and, you know, do their own thing. So. Well, they get, you know, and... and she nailed it on the head, you know, with that. I mean, he, you could tell, like, he kind of, when she said it about him being, you know, soft on the inside and, and playful on the inside, you know, where, you know, when she said that, it kind of, he gave that look like, yeah, you know, didn't want to say it out loud, but, you know, she, he knew what she was talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he, he puts on this facade for everyone else. He, you know? he almost looked at her like, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Where, you know, and, and, Again, it was showing a little bit of like the employees were starting to get a little sour about it because they were losing room and yeah. they didn't want to make these kind of toys. And, you know, I mean, it was almost like a, you know, like a Santa feel in a way, you know what I mean? Like kind of like it was like somebody coming over, taking over Santa's workshop type situation with all the workers, you know, the music playing, you know, I mean, you could almost dress them up all as elves and it would make more sense than most of this movie actually made. Yeah. You know, it's. You know, he's a military man, this Patrick guy, played by L. Cool J. Um, but he may, he makes mention a, a few times, I think it's like two, at least two or three times, about how she always looked the same age to him. Alsatia yeah. did. And it's like, well, that means Nobody has said that he probably met him, probably met her when he was a kid, and she would have been in an adult body. But this military man hasn't figured out that something's weird about that. I mean, he he I guess he did because he's like, oh, you you look the same. But I mean, <laughs> he never like investigated it. Like like something's weird here because she is the exact same as so I was. So did the uncle know or I don't think so. I think maybe they just assumed because everybody looked pretty shocked. Yeah, I mean, obviously not Rob Williams. No, no, he was the only one that wasn't shocked. She was made for him, you know. Yeah, I think the only ones that were shocked were like Patrick and. Um, Gwen. <laughs> yeah. How useless was Robin Wright's character? Like, seriously, oh what was the point of her in this movie? Could could you have seen this movie with everything happening except for Gwen wasn't in it? I think it would have been the same movie. Yeah. She yeah. she added nothing to it. Like like she she was a great character in it because you know she has like that Julia Roberts type of smile that she was doing and she's got the southern accent and everything like that and she like the the way that she like didn't know if Patrick was being serious with her at the beginning that was funny yeah you know well that I mean you could tell that played uh, by uh, Buttercup yeah well I, I from Princess Bride yeah <laughs> and and the thing is is like you know her accent like she's from Dallas Texas you know Robin Wright is yeah so you know her accent people and we obviously we live in the dfw you know so it's like people don't have that strong of accent that live here in the dfw right now, now in the outer parts of texas yeah east texas west texas yeah you, you get a little bit a lot more accent you know but you know for her being from dallas you know that was kind of a horrible accent that she did on this movie yeah and, and you said like you said it's it's worthless but you know Obviously, they were trying to show more of a uh, an adult side of Robin Williams' character. Yeah, you know, you're right. Because I was, uh, you know, I didn't even think about that. That was a good point you brought up. Because you know, it was I was sitting, just sitting there like there, she brought nothing to the the story. She she didn't really do much. She didn't have any information to give anybody. She was just kind of like it was almost like she was just watching the movie happen around her. Um, but it was a way because they said that, you know, before his dad died, you know, uh, Leslie's dad said, you know, he needs to grow up. And that was the reason he put his brother in charge is that, you know, you'll help him become a more grown up adult, you know, responsible. Because well, obviously his dad was the same way as him, but he wasn't mature enough to like it was almost like he, he became a lot more immature the older he got, probably. You know a mean? lot like, more mature or a lot more immature. Immature. The dad got a lot more immature the oh, older just, he got, and that where where Leslie should have done the same thing, but Leslie was more immature 
Maybe not like, immature, but his dad got more eccentric. Yeah. But eccentric, but you know, obviously, I mean, wearing a just kind of that's what I'm saying, just like kind of more goo, like smart, like a little twinkle behind the eye. You can tell they got the intelligence, yeah. But they're they're you're just choosing to be an eccentric, yeah. funny person or whatever. Yeah, like like me, you know, who who I'm going to wearing more, you know, comic book shirts and stuff like that. The older I get, which should be the other way around. But uh, <laughs> you're well, finally, that's finally falling into yes, the, the childhood fandom. I like it more, and I can afford to buy toys, so you know, there's there's a good thing. But no, it, it's they brought her character to to basically show that he was progressing and he was he was maturing and he was doing an adult things that therefore because I mean it obviously showed he's a genius you know when it comes to toys when it comes you know to I mean? toys yeah I mean he yeah, he was doing computer programming for like virtual yeah. reality and stuff yeah. like that but yeah it's a good thing because you know he needed that to grow up his his dad said he needed the and. He had hired her like two days before he died and saying that um, she would like Leland or not Leland, uh, Leslie, the yeah. Robin Williams' character, the dad, which is right. weird to yeah. me because Robin Williams was 41 during this movie. Yeah. And uh, and Robin Wright, who plays uh, Gwen, she was like 26. Yeah. So I'm just like kind of like, OK, this dad is hiring this 26 year old woman. To, yeah, to be but, with his 40. Now, maybe Robin Williams wasn't supposed to be that old no, in this movie. So. Maybe that's why they did his hair blonde to make him look younger or whatever. Well, it's, they actually said it's like a reddish tint that they did for his hair. And uh, he said that he that he wore the clothes he did because he wanted to look like Doctor Who. That's what he said. He said mm-hmm. those clothes were very like Doctor the, uh, Doctor. I can't remember. I think it was the the redheaded Doctor, seven or eight, or the something one with like the scarf, the one with the question mark. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, I think it was a tie or something like that. But but yeah, he said that he he dressed to be to look like and the way he dressed made him feel like he was one of the doctors. Huh, that's interesting. But you know, it's it's. All in, around, all in all, it was a pretty good movie. I mean, the battle scene, like, I, I had to fast forward at the end there because I was just like, okay. It did go on forever. On. It, it just, uh, and it's, like, such bad, blurry slow motion, too, because they didn't oh, use man. the right frame rate. And so if you're, if you're using a slower frame rate, yeah. it makes the when you turn it into slow-mo, it makes it look so bad. Whereas if like you have a higher frame yeah. rate, like then... Like a million-dollar man moving kind of situation. Right, you know? yeah. And But if you have a higher frame rate, it's like that. Then you get that real action movies, Transformers type yeah. slow motion where you can see everything very clearly. They had to do that because it was toys moving. You know, like almost like they had to use that, that type because of the toy... Because it was toys. It wasn't filming like humans or anything. It was filming moving toys you know and and it just got bad and my, my wife was like well make sure you say something about it you know uh that you fast forwarded through the action you know the fight scene and i'm like it's not really a fight scene it's a bunch of toys fighting each other pretty much you know i'm like, I'm like and they're just, just go to like, our son's room and watch him play with toys and weren't they like tossing toys. toys over a barricade like they were yeah. grenades or something yeah. like that and i'm like what are they doing are you just yeah. like knocking over the the war toys or I something guess. I, I don't know and the monster I don't know. That whole thing was weird. Yeah, that was the, like, the robot monster and everything. Strange thing to to throw in there. I mean, it's like I mean, I guess because he did say he wanted to do amphibious, air, land, all that stuff. That was so, like I mean, the marine. That was the amphibious, <laughs> uh, I suppose. But but it was just really, it was just a weird thing. It was just really weird. And then the fact that Patrick kept on running off into the fields, you know, and his dad being like always in training, you know, and it's like. Yeah, he's just running in a random field. Uh, yeah, like at the or at the end when he disappears and like yeah. Patrick, he goes, yeah, he goes, just checking. Yeah, I mean, like, like you do that if there's enemies abroad, but you don't do it just to, because then you're just looked at as a weirdo. Is this a kids movie? No, no, it's not because because and I'll tell you why. And it made it made the movie worse. I think when he was talking to Robert Wright's character and he pulls up the devil pu- puppet and and because I want to get laid, I want to get laid. Yeah. That did not fit fit the film. That's the one part that I watched that movie. I was like, "Ooh, I kind of cringed." Because a little it bit. wasn't it like just, the, it wasn't that it wasn't that whimsical Leslie that it had no, been presented throughout that's the, the whole Robin movie. That's Robin Williams. That's Robin. Robin that's Williams. dirty, dirty, yes. foul mouth Robin Williams. Because yes. I want to get laid. Yep. You know, and that's that. You know, and I'm sure that was a riff moment. You know, because sure. pretty much all his movies, yeah. they they let him riff as much as they scripted. can. Yeah. So 
that not only that but there's a scene where it's like a recreation of Forrest Gump I mean they're taking Jenny's shirt off and yep. she you know they're getting naked together and I was like yeah I guess this isn't a kids movie no, or something. Or I mean, it doesn't know what it shot. wants to be. Yeah, people were getting shot at and such. Yeah, because I was like, nobody died except for the guy from the heart attack. But nobody yeah. died, so the violence is like, ah. Uh. But I'm like, yeah, but then they had that, like, not only the, uh, uh, what is it, suggested sex scene, yeah. but people watching it. You know, Jamie Foxx and the other guy, um, who's another character actor, a Hispanic actor. I forgot what his name was. But, uh, you know, they're out there creepily watching what's going on before. And, yeah. and even the robot, spy robot thing has, like, a trench coat on from, like, yeah. you know, noir movies. They're like, hey, is, see? Yeah, and the good thing is, is Patrick's, like, you know, he's got a good head on him. Like, he's not like his dad. He's not a crazy person like his dad. You could tell that, like, if he... He was going along with all this, yeah. though. I mean, but he was. He was, but he didn't know. He, he was doing it blindly because he thought even his after, dad was a, a type of person that he wasn't. And they were like... But okay. even after they attacked Robin Williams and uh, that, that marine creature, and he's like, shut it down, August. Don't move, Leslie. And everything. And the, the dad's like, I just want to see if this works. And he gets pulled underwater. And then the you know, Ella Cool J character is kind of like, Leslie, are you all right? Are you all right? And then it's just this coat comes up. And they don't know if he died. Which, by the way, how the hell did he get out of there? Never explain that. He just yeah. shows up at what's her name's house. But, um, but after that, you know, they Jamie Fox calls Al Cool J said, "Hey, uh, Leslie's over here now. He's with her and all that." And he goes, oh, "Okay, well, he's alive." And so, I mean, he he even saw that dark side of his dad that was willing to let yeah. the Leslie character get hurt, but he still went along with it, and he was still going along with kids controlling bombings and stuff but it was only when he found out that his dad lied to him about his mom that's when he changed his mind well a lot of it too is just because again he he was trying to please his dad you could tell he was the right. that type of personality he just was trying to do what you know that's why he was in the military that's why he was always training he was trying to please his dad going along with this it was kind of blinded in a way he was kind of brainwashed by his own father you know and and so to believe a certain way yeah and so I think that a lot of that, that's where a lot of it was, where he, he was looking at it like, oh, that creature's not going to hurt him. You know, oh, it's not going to really hurt him or this and that. Or, you know, we're making these weapons. It's going to save lives. You know, if we got some kids driving these things, oh, well, it's still nobody's dying. You know, that kind of thing. He was justifying it in a lot of ways. But, you know, the whole mother situation and, you know, everything else, he just kind of, I think deep down he was morally good person you know yeah it's so hard to pin this movie you can't call it an adult movie because adults roll their eyes with some of this stuff and you can't call it a kids movie because there's a bit too much you know adult themes uh you know a bit of adult content with the whole taking off the shirts and stuff but but, you know more just like adult themes that i I think just kind of go over kids heads or whatever so it's kind of like this weird movie that you have to watch when you're younger because you get to see toys fighting you get to see a warehouse you get to see some cool stuff like the you know toys being made and vomit and and you know what you know what it reminds me of uh which one the some something soldier the one with the toys small soldiers small soldiers where you're like okay is that a kid movie but it's not really a kid it kind of is yeah it kind of is i mean it's more more so than toys but but at the same time it's still a little bit more violent than yeah i mean and that's just how we think nowadays because back then we were just like oh that's a because you know violence is so I don't know. It's 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 hard to peg down, you know, like, you know, violence from the old movies like Goonies and, you know, even Small Soldiers and mm. stuff like that. That was, you know, we weren't, you know, sensitive to it. You know, I guess we were kind of desensitized. Well, we grew up in the 80s. That's why. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, we have a lot more violent and vulgar and um, sexualized content nowadays that we keep our we we're desperate to keep away from our kids we have more of that content well but I, we're I don't know keep, but back then when we had less of it or it was just like maybe a different or no, look at it this softer way. or whatever we, you said it yourself we have kids that's why it's changed for us back then we didn't have kids so it wasn't like we were paying attention i don't think you know where now because we have kids we're paying attention yeah because like when you watch a movie with your parents or whatever and then you're just like you know that there's an awkward scene in it and you time it just right to go up and you know get up and go to the bathroom and go to you know to this day if i'm watching a movie with our folks 
and uh, there's some kind of inappropriate scene I know is coming up. I will time it just right to where I leave yeah. the movie about a minute or two before it happens. And I can go do something, and I don't come back. Usually, I can come back for like five, ten minutes until after, so it's not like obvious that yeah. I left for that reason. But, but yeah, it's 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 really weird. Um, I, I I will say that you know there are a couple uh, things I like here and there. Like the visuals of it is interesting. Um, I like when they're going through all the different toy stuff, like through the vomit and the uh, the jacket that makes noise that he made. Mm-hmm. He said he was working on it, but you know he just made it just to annoy his uncle. You know, and yep. he because he even walked out of the office and he's like, "Ooh, I'm a bad yeah, boy," know. you know. So stuff like that. One another thing that I liked was Alsatia with um, yeah. the the foreshadowing that she was a toy. Yeah, you know, she was just a big toy, a, a, a robot, whatever. Um, you know, first of all, she's wearing doll clothes throughout the entire thing, yeah. you know, testing out. She says she's testing out, the, but she's wearing them throughout the all. So she's putting, you know, doll clothes on her like a toy. Um, she's got these little plastic wigs that go on her head. So she's like changing those outfits. So it, it, she's acting like a toy throughout the movie that you would you would change out different outfits. But Hell, I mean, even she's when also she, eating uh, a mayonnaise sandwich and an applesauce it's sandwich. It's just like bread, you yeah. know, just so, so I think yeah, she's got some kind that. of a system or whatever. But not only that, but like when Robin Williams reads her story at nighttime, her room is like the surrounding room is like clouds and blue sky or fields or something like that. But then inside is a box in the middle of the room. And inside the box is the little swan bed. Mm-hmm. So he puts her in the swan bed. And she's inside that box, and then he leaves the room. It's almost like he's putting away a toy in the toy box for the day, and then he leaves, and then comes and gets her out in the morning, maybe, or something like that. It's almost like putting her away in a toy box for the night. Or like the Nutcracker, you know how it's a toy, and it's a princess, and swan princess or something and it's you know they put them away is that but i don't know the story I, of I, don't, I don't really know obviously i don't know it either i just i'm making stuff up as i go but anyways yeah i mean you, you you're right with i didn't even think about it that way but yeah it's it is like him putting away his toys at nighttime and going to bed kind of situation yeah and, and i mean you know because at first you think maybe she's just there's something mentally wrong with her you know, so you're like, okay, you know, that's that's what it could be. There's definitely something mentally yeah, wrong with her. She's but, a weirdo. But then when you get people saying, you know, oh, cool, just, man, I swear you look the same. That right there should have tipped you off exactly yeah. what was going on. I like when she was doing the VR thing and she goes, this is a little uncomfortable yeah. now. And he goes, well, that goes in your ear. And yeah. he goes, oh. oh makes sense. <laughs> I laugh harder than every single time. And when you, like the, the facial things she pulls, she's like. <laughs> she just got her mouth. But she's like open. that always. Like in every single one of her films, she's like she's always been like that. And you know, she was in another Barry Sonnenfeld uh, movie, Adam's Family Values. That's right. The 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 wife of Fester. Fester, yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I just thought, I thought that she 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 always does good no matter what she does. But you know, I, I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, those two together, Joan Cusack and Rob Williams. They could have made some really, really good, funny films as, 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 as a couple. Yeah, because, because of the way they are, and they're qu- they're both quick on yeah. each other. You know, like uh, you, it's rare to find somebody that's as quick as Robin Williams is, yeah. and and can kind of not 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 give back just as much and go toe to toe, but at least you know you know. Well, I'm trying to be to in think, the same scene, right? And and try to think how it must have been to act with Robin Williams on 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 you know because. Y- if anybody else would have acted the way that he probably acts on scene, I mean, you hear about these stories, but it, nobody that has ever acted him really says, I just can't handle that guy. You know, he's just too much. Most times, every single person that's worked with him, you, all that you hear is good things about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, how do you not get frustrated? It'd be hard because you're trying to do your lines yeah. or whatever, and he's just doing a different just thing at a time. But it. also, I think you would just kind of just sit there and be mesmerized. That's what I was going to say. That's what, that's the only explanation I can be, I can take from it that that you're just, you know, mesmerized by his his craft, you know, and 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 yeah, it'd be frustrating to say stuff, but I mean, it's just it probably have made the situation better. You know, maybe a lot of people were able to ad lib as well with him you know along with him on a lot of stuff or maybe he just carried every single picture he was in you know must have been but what what, what is your probably favorite role that robin williams has ever done hook yeah peter, really? uh, peter banning and hook really see i well look so that that was always like my uh, my go-to thing you know out of childhood 
I, you know, that one, Mrs. Doubtfire. That's a good one. That that That's one good. was really good. Like those two were like my huge main Robin Williams movies. I mean, yeah. even before Dead Poet Society and all that kind of stuff. And I and I understand he's done a good job there. You know, Goodwill Hunting. I think he got a nomination or actually won one for of, the supporting yeah. actor yeah. in 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 Goodwill uh, Hunting. Good Hunting. Um, you know, all these. You know, he has lots of good roles. But I mean, I think with me, it's just linking it to my childhood. It's it's a nostalgia thing and for me it's hook and and uh hook um mr doubtfire and to be honest this movie well genie genie is my favorite one with him in it yeah you know just because i mean it's not so much his acting but you can see you can hear it in in his voice you know the way he's acting and you know and a lot of it's just i mean same thing replaced by will smith yeah which who is in Wild Wild West? Yeah, another Barry Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> but but you know you know it wasn't that bad of a. I, I don't feel like like Will Smith did a bad job as as Genie. Hey, I'm not a, saying it's good. I mean, because it's hard not to compare him. But I didn't like him, but I don't blame Will Smith for it. Yeah. I, I you know it, it's one of those impossible tasks yeah. to be able to have somebody like like Robin Williams, um, in, in this. You know, to step in those shoes yeah. and to try to do some kind of a good job. I like that they didn't have him try to copy Robin Williams' manicness and kind yeah. of do his own thing. Yeah. But, you know, he it, it wasn't – it was just a different story, you know. Yeah. You have this Aladdin and then you have this Aladdin, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just two different stories that happen to have the same – plot beats and 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 characters and stuff but these live action disney things that they're doing it's just i i, I see every one of them that come out it's just an, an, they get a, a worse. nightmare i feel like they get worse and worse yeah i think 101 dalmatians with glenn close like 10 years ago or yeah. whatever that was pretty good well even the one with uh, emma watson uh i didn't Beauty like that Beast. one either you know but but a lot of people did i like you and mcgregor yeah, because I always like him and anything he does, and he was that that candlestick thing. But yeah, I don't know. But I'm just, just thinking like Mulan did horrible. Yeah, Mulan, Mulan did horrible. horrible. Lion King was garbage. I mean, because it was like oh, live action. No, this was still animated. It was. You know, the whole thing was still animated. Now, now it the was soundtrack a, was pretty good. I mean, getting Donald I prefer Glover, Lion King uh, soundtrack, the well, original Lion King. Okay, I do too. I do too. But you know, having Donald Glover come well, in. Well, you're a Donald Glover line. fan, though. You're I a Childish Gambino and Do- Donald Glover fan, so. But it, it's just, it, that did good. But any, either way, you know, with Robin Williams, I, I, it's very hard to find a film that he didn't. I thought, did. were you not a Beyonce fan, though? I didn't think you were. No, I hate Beyonce. So then you shouldn't it. like the new Lion King because she played Nala. I know, I know. But she, you know, you're getting a lot more from Childish Gambino as far yeah, as acting and things like that. You you're know, not a or, Big Bay fan? Nope. I can't stand Beyonce. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Just, I, I don't. Something about her, just her personality or something, just drives I, me. I, so like, has she done anything in the last five years or anything? I mean, I mean put a ton of albums out. Has she? Oh yeah. Oh okay. I didn't know. She, I, I, think I she guess she just I'm put just one out or something into that whole thing. We'll probably lose some fans just yeah. for saying that. I know that. Hey, you, just because, you don't talk don't smack on Beyonce. No, I don't hate her either. I just I'm not a fan. I nothing her. I I. It's just a part of a different culture or style of music that I. Just don't listen to, um, and you know I liked her when she was. I like Destiny's Child. I think they they had yeah. some really good catchy hits, and you know they. Do. She's talented. I mean, I'll give her that, but I, I just I, I don't even like I don't like her music. I'm just not a fan. Just I hear not. that she's very not she she she's not very uh, well spoken. Like like that's why she doesn't do a lot of interviews because she it's been said that she doesn't sound very good or doesn't sound very educated it, it's funny because you, you hear her well you hear in her music and she's very boisterous in her music but when she talks she's not a very loud talker have you noticed that she's just kind of kind of quiet I don't know I, I, maybe I just yeah. haven't listened to many of her interviews yeah. and stuff but I just know that she had the greatest video of all time and whatever <laughs> what remember Kanye he took oh, the mic from oh, Taylor Swift and was like, I just want y'all to know, Beyonce had the best video of all time. All right? Best video of all time. You know, that that whole that whole situation really went the uh, direction that I never saw coming. Like, I never saw the fact that, you know, like, Taylor Swift, like, Kanye would come out and apologize, but Taylor Swift wouldn't have it and... Everybody hated Kanye because of she it. She came out on top. She on that. came out on top of it, and then like, like he doesn't even 
talk to Jay Z or friends with Jay Z or Beyonce anymore. Like and, well, because he's with Kim, like Kardashians. Yeah, he's kind of got off the deep end. And then he with became a conservative. But I mean, yeah, that, that that whole situation went totally weird. in the direction I never saw coming or going. Yeah, because what was it? Uh, yeah, uh, he heard what's been happening with Taylor Swift with her music, her masters. Yeah, yeah, I heard like, that. Like, I heard that she was getting her mask. It was stuff. well, it was that one guy who bought them all. Yeah, and then uh, she was trying to get you know ownership of her own work, and there's some people that said that she should just re-record. Yeah, um, because she owns the songs, just not the masters or something like that. But it's terrible when you know you got an artist out there. It's like I understand there's corporations and there's yeah. contracts of of and this guy paid for it and all this kind of stuff, but. You know, I hate that world that we live in where everything boils down to, you know, ownership laws on art that comes from somebody's, I don't know. It's, it's Like this person had no, con- like didn't control. Had no didn't part music, of yeah. her career, wasn't around, uh, you know, uh, just happened to be in the right. But, it'd been, you know, I think Michael Jackson did the same thing when he to bought the Beatles. Yeah. when he bought all theirs. I think him and him and uh, McCartney went sideways for a little while because I think McCartney wanted to buy, wanted to purchase all those, yeah. the rights and stuff. And Michael Jackson came and swooped them all up. So I don't know. Yeah. That that was a that was a big thing. Get back to this movie real quick. What would you say is your favorite uh, scene, and what would you say is the most iconic scene? My favorite scene. I'm gonna have to say when either either yeah when Joan Cusack gets her head cut, cut, the robot knocked head off. knocked off and then I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm, I'm fine, fine I'm fine yeah that's I think that's the most iconic one because it's I mean weird. you know you you say like, that's wow. your favorite or most iconic my most iconic but I think my favorite's the the puke scene I think you I think you're gonna go oh yeah when I say what I think is the most iconic scene. So my favorite is is like the vomit where the walls are coming in and everything. I just thought, I think that's really cool. I saw behind the scenes and like you see like when some of the walls that an Asian dude that was in there, he almost like got his foot broken from one of the pieces that was coming and pushing in on them. That had to have been stressful to act that because you're trying to get the timing of what your lines are just right. And did you did you notice that was Nancy Cartwright, the one that does the voice of Lisa? You notice that she yes. was in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa Simpson. Uh-huh. But anyway, she was in there too. And uh, just to get the timing of of all your lines down as to where you're done talking by the time it all ends. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was very unique, and and just yeah. seeing them push in like that, and you don't even notice it until they've started to come in a bit. And yeah. You're like, oh, these are these walls are moving yeah. now, and everything. But you, yeah, like every time, I'm like, I'm gonna recognize and notice it this time, and then I don't realize what scene I'm in, and suddenly the walls are moving in. I'm like, ah, oh, I missed it again. <laughs> but anyways, that was good. I like the opening scene with the music, yeah. uh, the closing of the year. I think it's a great song. Um, that's why we opened with it. And uh, all I kind of, you know, I, I just think it's a great song for this this song and or this movie. Even though it's not really a Christmas movie, you know, opens and closes yeah. with the little Christmas play that, for some reason, I guess kids come to the toy factory to put on a Christmas play. Yeah, that's again, this is it's very weird. confusing. Yeah. but um, I think the most iconic scene is the music video they do. The Yolanda. Oh and yeah, Steve. that was so hilarious. I mean, I mean, that, the music. It's a good song. Yeah, too. it's catchy. It's like. What's the name of the band that does that? Yolanda and Steve. No, but Whip It. Uh, who sings that? Song? Oh, uh, uh, is it Dexter's? Not Dexter's Midnight Runners Whip or whatever. Um, oh, it's gonna really, it's gonna really make it really mad that I don't know the song. Whip it. Whip it good. Uh, Devo. That's, Devo. That's the one that does that, it. I don't that's, know. That's Dexies, kind of what's me Dexie's of Midnight Runners? Is that the ones that did Come On Eileen? Probably. Okay. I, I'm getting my 80s bands mixed up. But uh, yeah, Dexie's Midnight Runners, they do Come On Eileen. Okay. So, um, but yeah. Devo-esque. I, yeah. It was very Devo-esque because, you know, they had their red hats. Yeah. I mean, the red hats in Whip It were a little different, but, you know. Um, there, there, there are costumes in there, and the way that he the slipped out too, of the yeah. back, yeah, it's it's just a catchy song, and it is. and uh, <laughs> I did Joe Cusack's pretty much going the entire time while he slips out the back yeah. to go uh, handle some business, and she's just literally just going into it, and it's like, how's this not everything. weird thing? Yet, yet the people are like actually enjoying it. The, yeah. the guards are enjoying it. Yeah. 
Well, do you have anything else to say on this? I don't. Did you enjoy it at least? Yeah. I always enjoyed it. I mean, <laughs> I enjoyed said, it when Meh. I first watched it. No, it's one of those movies that I will watch every once in a while, probably every 30 years kind of thing. Thing. It's not one of those ones that I look forward to watching, you know, weekly or yearly. No, no. I, I you know, I will try to watch this every, every so often. two or three Christmases. Uh, I will watch it at Christmas time because of the Christmas themes to it and everything, but... Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll watch this every few years or whatever, but you know, it's not, it's a very confusing movie. Yeah. There's a lot to like about it and there's a lot to go. What? Why? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's fine to watch with your kids. If you're sensitive about certain things, you can fast forward. It doesn't actually show anything yeah. and you can get through the, the, uh, naughty parts, I guess pretty quickly but it you know it's it's one of these very confusing movies that i loved as a kid because i loved all the different set pieces but when i'm thinking about it as an adult when i watch it as an adult and putting it all together as one coherent story i think it fails there um but uh you know nostalgia reasons or to to see another work of art by robin williams um it's worth it for that uh it's worth it for all the 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 cool little set pieces every once in a while if you have it on uh on prime or on hbo or netflix if you ever find it on there or whatever definitely give it a watch see if you like it i I don't know if i'd recommend paying money to rent for it or buy or whatever but if it's on it's it's good if you got nothing else to do to watch it i'd recommend watching it around the holidays um you know, kind of gives you uh, a better sense of, of watching it, and, and I think the kids will like it for those set pieces yep. too, as well. So, yeah. um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're at uh, uh, we're on all social media as uh, the Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter. We're uh, at the Post Credit. Uh, our email asset address is uh, the Post Credit Podcast at gmail.com. We have a website; it's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com. Uh, get on there. We have some about us, uh, information about us, some pictures and stuff. You can contact us through there. Um, we have links to our YouTube through there as well. Um, uh, yes, we do have YouTube. So uh, look us up. Uh, contact us. Tell me. Tell us what's your favorite Christmas movie. What's your favorite '90s movie? Um, and uh, we'll be doing another episode on Christmas vacation um, next week. Um, but we won't see you or or be releasing another episode. Uh, Until after Christmas, so I hope everybody has a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. And throw me a 